Earlier this year on the ACC teleconference, I called Josh Pastner a basketball junkie. And just as proof, it's Wednesday at the ACC tournament. His team suffered a tough loss to Louisville last night, and he's here watching Syracuse. And uh, Syracuse almost set an ACC tournament record against Florida State. I'm News and Observer Sports columnist Luke Cock, and Josh is kind enough to take a couple minutes here. Why'd you stick around? Yeah, Luke, you know, um, I, I love to watch basketball. Uh, I'm one of those guys, even in recruiting, that will be at the gym early and stay at the last game, even if we're not recruiting anybody on those teams, just because I love watching basketball. Um, if I could, I would stay all the way till Saturday. I think my wife's going to make me come back uh, because I got a newborn. But uh, um, uh, I just like staying around and watching games. I'm a guy that just loves the game of basketball. I love watching games, and I'll be here all day today. And and uh, I hope I can stay tomorrow if my wife lets me. We'll play that by ear. But uh, um, I'd just, you know, if, on top of that, it gives me an opportunity to really watch teams from a different perspective you know from the other times during the season i'm watching games you're it's more of of, of a uh, uh you know a strategy and scheme standpoint yeah. trying to win a game so this gives me a chance to step back to watch and um see hey what can we do to be better where do we rate up with the other teams what do they do just a different viewpoint maybe more at thirty thousand feet more yeah. so than than every little possession on a tape you're watching what scheme and strategy so that i'm looking more also to because i love basketball but also an opportunity to um, uh, to try to help us get better sure um and you almost saw acc history there that that was close to the biggest win in acc history yeah do you, do you know mean, what number one is what is number one number one is the duke virginia game in 83 where they go to the denny's afterwards and someone says here's the forgetting tonight in case says, here's the never forgetting tonight i didn't i didn't know that well what i would tell you is um um we were we were not had, we didn't have a good first half yesterday. I was I was afraid we were going down that road. You know, thankfully we came back. But look, I mean, what you see is even in the game of the Syracuse Florida State. Florida State's really good, and they've been you know they've had a tough season with injuries, and obviously the success that Coach Hamilton's had speaks for itself. Um, but Syracuse got hot, and they got multiple shooters, and the game has changed. I mean, if you get if you get hot from three point range, and it, I've always said this: the game of basketball is like the game of life. It, it's all about energy. It's rhythm, flow, momentum, energy, just like life. And it's the same thing. And and because of the three-point shot, a team like Syracuse, all of a sudden they're reeling off back to back to back to back threes and stretches the lead. And the energy's with them and the energy's not with the other team. We've all been there on both sides. But that's where basketball is very similar to the game of life. We all knew Syracuse would find a way to the Sweet 16 somehow <laughs> in the end. Uh, you guys... Obviously, a year ago at this time, you're on cloud nine. You win the ACC tournament in Greensboro. It's weird, but it's there's still nothing that replaces that. This year, much more of a roller coaster for your team, much younger. Yeah. Um, I still think Michael DeVoe is the most underrated player in the league. Uh, but what was it like for your guys and for you to kind of go from that pinnacle to kind of, you know, I don't want to say it was a slog this year, but there were ups and downs. Yeah, well, look, we're, we're sitting here doing this podcast and we're looking at the trophy to 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 the side here and i'm like man i want to get back to that you know you want that trophy back to georgia tech technically we still have it with us i believe it's still yours it's still ours until until saturday night about midnight i guess but uh um what i would say is um a few things number one you're right i think michael devote is very underrated there's no denying that he is very underrated part of that is just the fact that uh um, you know, last year and the year before, when he's your third or fourth option on your team scoring-wise, you're really good. And this year he was our number one option, and every time we stepped on the floor, it was the other team's number one option or game plan was to shut him down. But he was able to still produce even with that 
you know, uh, a gravity pulled towards him by the opponent. The second thing I would tell you is, yeah, we were we had an up and down season. There's no denying that. I thought we were inconsistent. Part of that is we had a lot of young guys. Um, you know, we lost a lot from last season. Yeah. And I remember telling my AD in the, in the fall, and he's asking, what do you think about the season? And I said, you know, you lose the ACC Player of the Year, the ACC Defensive Player of the Year, who was a great offensive player for us. And I said, you know, and then all of a sudden I said, well, I think we'll be able to finish in the 10 to 11 range. What happened was I said that before Bubba Parham. Yeah. And then we lose our another starter and a score and just another older guy, Bubba Parham, to injury. Yeah. And so we just were young, and then we had a couple injury issues during the course of the year. But, you know, when you're at a school like Georgia Tech, development matters. Yeah. Time matters. I mean, look at Moses. Yeah, and so and so for us, it's not going to be just every single year you're just going to be able just to go get a guy from the portal and just instantly. Georgia Tech's a little different just because of the academics. It's a great difference. Sure. Um, but the reality is part of being successful there is developing. And so there's going to be times where you're going to be good and maybe you have to take a step back a year and then get two years good and maybe take a step back. That's just the way the flow of the thing is. Um, so I'm hoping through all this this season, I was able to play all those young guys a lot of minutes yep. that I'm hoping it pays off for next year. Yes, we took lumps this year, and you've mentioned it. We were up and down. The, the key for is that it pays off for us next season, the amount of minutes and the experience those yep. young guys got. It's crazy how, though, in college basketball in 22, you used to, three years ago, take that as a given. These kids are going to learn. They're going to be better, all that. And now you just you just don't know. Like, you hope, and you re-recruit them and all that. Well, well you don't know who's coming back, who's yeah. going to the portal. Yep. Forget just how good they're going to be. I mean, what, oh, that's what, what I meant. Like, yeah, you, just, like, you, you don't, don't know what the team anymore, and that things have changed. No, you can't sit and complain about it or whine about it because that the train has left the station. And if you sit and want to complain about it, you're going to get left behind. So you got to adjust, got to be flexible, um, and uh, and right now that's the way the game has evolved. And you look at it like a team, like a Wake Forest or a Miami, who last last year they were at the bottom of the league, and this year they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. And and how do they get there? Was through portal. Yeah. And um, Miami had Miami had some guys returning, but they got they got they what, got a point guard. They, they got helps. a point guard, and they got another guy from the yeah. portal. Obviously, Wake Forest got guys from the portal. That's just the way the game has has changed now. The issue is everyone probably thinks, well, you just go get the portal, you're going to win. It doesn't always work like that because not everybody's going to be just like that. You've also got to have some guys, and I'm talking about Georgia Tech. I think sure. you've got to have high school kids along with portal kids. I think it's a mix for a team like Georgia Tech. But the game has changed. It's year by year. If you ask any coach that's coaching in this day and age, they would tell you you don't know your team and I until, until really the fall because you don't know who's in and out. And I've said this to people. It doesn't matter who you are because guys left Coach K last year. Sure. Left Jim Beheim, left Roy Williams. Those guys are three of the greatest to ever do it. And I've said it. If it can happen to them, then nobody's immune to it. And that's just the reality of where the game's at. So, yes, you can lose guys. You're going to get guys. And it's just going to sort of be a revolving door. The other part of it I think fans don't understand is you say, oh, well, just go get a guy from the portal. But the fit – and you can get a guy who you think is a great fit, who was a good player somewhere else, and he comes in and he comes from a lower league and the league's too big and fast for him. Or he comes from a higher league and it turns out he's not a great kid. You just don't – there's so much uncertainty. Let me just say this. I always say this in recruiting, Luke, all the time. Recruiting is an inexact science. People in the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball spend millions and millions and millions of dollars on trying to draft – young people in the draft to be a superstar. 
How many times do they get it wrong? And it happens, and they spend millions. You're asking a college coach. That means our job recruiting. You see a kid a couple times in high school, maybe they hit you, talk to him on the phone, and you're trying to make a decision to say, all right, same thing in the portal. You might you might talk to a kid, you see some film and stats, and then you say, okay, it's an inexact science. And I've always said this, that, you know what? To be really successful, and, some, and you look at some of these elite coaches, and, and anybody, I mean, you get... You have to get lucky in recruiting. A little bit. There, there's luck involved because it's whether you get the five-star player that you're able to get him and he ends up being the five-star player that you thought that could change the fortune of the program, or you get a guy like we did, Moses Wright, nobody thought was that going to be that good, and then it was basically a zero-star recruit, and then he ends up being the ACC I mean, he was player a, of the year. He was a swimming recruit. Correct. And, yeah. so, and so he ends up being the ACC, and so you had to get lucky. And now we developed and all that, but there was some luck involved because it could have gone the other way where maybe he ends up not being as good as he was. So so I say that there, there is some luck involved with it. And if you look at any of the great teams, I mean, I, I, I bet if you asked Coach Forbes this year, he would have said, who would, when he resigned Alondis Williams, it, he didn't say he was going to be the ACC player there because, you know what, if, if, that was, if he was coming out of the, in the portal, every school in America would have been dying to get him. He didn't know that he ends up having an incredible year and he changes the fortunes for Wake Forest. That's where you got to get a little lucky along the way. And you mentioned Luke Fit. There's chemistry. There's all those things that go involved, understanding the system, the lower league that you come from, going to a higher league. You might be really good. Does it adjust and get the speed or and quickness? You're a shooter in a lower league and you can't get your shot off in the ACC. It's There's so many variables. But I think fans now just think, oh, we'll just go in the portal. We'll get in the Williams. Yeah. We'll and get Walker Kessler and we're good. That's exactly right. Yeah. And this doesn't work like that. Um, there, the majority, there's probably more numbers where it doesn't work out. For sure. Than the, where the, the numbers were Alondis Williams or Walker Kessler yeah. happened. I mean, I, you don't tell. I'll say it like Dawson Garcia at Carolina. It just didn't work. It right. looked fine. It didn't work. Whatever he's, you know, and, and they honestly got nothing against the kid. They've been a better team when they just one fewer guy to share the ball because that to me was their big. You don't have to say anything, but my, their biggest problem is too many guys who wanted the ball at the same time. Well, and, and, and part of part of the thing, and, and you know, I'm the one who said it both times. I, the second time we played Carolina, you and I were on the same page on I, this one, and, and and I have said it that they're good enough to go to the Final Four and win the national championship. Not quite on that same. Page. Yeah, but I've said it. I've yes. said it, and, yeah. I, and I still believe that. I mean, to go in and beat Duke, what they did is hard to do. I know I'm going to being up close and watching them. They're really good. Now, obviously, they got to go produce. It would not surprise me then to win the, this weekend the ACC yeah. tournament and then make a run to the Final Four. They're talented enough. But to your point on just players and just more in general. Um, you know, there's just there's there's factors involved. You don't know. Um, there, there's chemistry fit. There's all those things that go into it, and that's where I talk about. There's a little luck involved yeah, along the way, sure. and and you just don't know. And that's where recruiting. And it's sort it's sort of like things like I'll give an example of North Carolina State. I mean, they got unlucky losing Manny Bates. Yeah. You know, and it's not nothing that Coach Keats did out of it. It was out of his control and injury. Their fortunes would have been changed if Manny Bates played. Doesn't mean they would have won the league, but just it, the one player they could not afford to lose, and all those young kids on the perimeter, and he was the safety net. And and you know what? And I said this. I said this. To, I said this to, to to people too about Georgia Tech. I said, you know, we we lost Bubba Parham yep. and a couple other Davon Smith and Rodney Howard to injuries throughout the year. I said, you know, part of being in the upper tier of the ACC, yes, you got to be good, 
but you've also got to be lucky of staying healthy. And it's, again, I'm not talking all about luck, but those are things that's just out of your control. And I think Miami's a great example yeah. of having their core guys, Wong and, and, and McGusty and everybody, but having everyone around them healthy too. I mean, they've had some of those guys. Where in the years past, they've been unhealthy. I mean, they went to the Carolina, I think, with six scholarship players yeah. a couple years yeah. ago. They've been unhealthy in the, la- yeah. in the last couple of years. So, it's, And those are things out of the coach. That's not a scheme strategy deal. Yeah. And that's where you've got to just get a little luck. And to be in the upper tier of the ACC, you've got to stay healthy. All right, let's let's take a step back and talk big picture. I think the ACC is going to get five bids. I know the coaches feel like it should be more, which is fine. What has to happen globally, especially with the turnover at the top that we all know about, to get this league collectively back to where it should be? Well, look, let me say two things. Um, I do think right now there's five teams in the in the tournament. And I think Wake Forest should be a lock. Obviously, they've got to beat Boston College yes. in the first in the first game today. I think that's going to – otherwise, they'll probably have to sweat it out until Selection Sunday. They win today. I think they're in. Um, um, you know, Virginia Tech, the other – the six and seven range yeah. of Virginia Tech, Virginia, they would probably have to make a little run here. But it's, they're, they're very good and very doable. Anyone knows me, I'm the biggest cheerleader of the ACC. And um, I, I want us to have all 15 teams in. I'm always pounding on the pavement saying we should have eight or nine this year. And that all being said is this. Here's my solution. And I'm outside the box. And I think people think, you know, you've got to be a little crazy what I'm saying, what I'm going to say. Um, but to wear a face shield and have the sideburns that I have and to get a little crazy. No, but you still going to die on this so, one, yeah. So anyway, here's my deal. I think for us to have more, the way everything's evolved, I think we need to, our, our league needs to play less non-conference games. I think that we need to play everybody twice in this league. I think everyone needs to play home and home. You have 28 league games. You play the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and that leaves you two games to play in an, a two-game MTE. And, every, and I know everyone, let me tell you why. This is not the 90s and the early 2000s where you just get a bunch of wins against the mid-major team. Mid-major teams in this day and age, a lot of them are just as good as the Power 5 and teams. And they're old. And they're old. And if you lose to them, the fans are mad. It looks bad. It hurts you in your numbers. And my thing is, is you no longer can just overpower those teams anymore. Maybe one or two teams in your league, but it's different. Times have changed. We're in 2022. The parity and the equality around the, league, around the, around the talent of all these teams. So that's, that's one. Two. What is everyone saying about our league this year? They're killing us about our non-conference. So my, I keep saying this. Why are we playing these non-conference games? Don't give people an opportunity to say, hey, just um, you know, to, to, to hurt us. Yeah. And you know what? People's, people might say, well, just go win the non-conference games. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, just, that's, that's easy to say. That's like the marketing department saying, hey, if you just win, we'll have people to show up in the Well, we'll sell more tickets. Well, yeah, yeah it doesn't work like that. Then yeah. what's the point of that? What's the point? Of, so, and, and, I, and I keep saying, well, just win non-conference. Okay, well, it's not that easy anymore. It's different. The time has changed. Don't give people the hope or the, the, the ability to knock us down. They say, okay, well, if you don't have enough non-conference, how are they going to judge? Great. They'll have to do the eye test. We're in the ACC. <laughs> and last thing. Our fans would rather see us play an ACC team than a mid-major or a low-major team from a conference. So everyone talks about how do we get more revenue? How do we get more revenue for TV, more TV this? Play each other. And, 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 if, I, and, and I think if you ask any coach in the, in the league, at least from my standpoint, 
if we're going to take an L, I'd rather take it within the league than doing it to a non-conference opponent of a mid-major where fans were, I know, and we all know, man, they're all, everyone's good. They're upset when you lose, but when it's an ACC, it's different. You have nothing to gain and everything to lose. And, and so I'm telling you, I think we should play 28 league games. Everybody play home and home. It's the best thing for the ACC. It's the best thing to get us more teams in the tournament. Takes out the gray area. You keep your ACC Big Ten challenge, and you still got two games left over to a two-game Go to the Bahamas and yeah, Maui, whatever. And, and two, that's what we should do. I'm pounding my my. Most people might say play less. I'm saying we've got to play more. So when you take this to the table in Amelia Island, I've said it before to the coaches. I've said it to the commissioner. I've said to everyone. Now I think most people think I'm crazy when I say it, but it's. I think it's our way to get more teams in the league because because we are getting hit because of non-conference. Let's take that out of it. Take out the gray area of that. And and again, just to say, well, go win non-conference games. It's just it's it's easier said than done. And because you don't know who you're playing, what's going on, because of the COVID year, teams can still be older every yeah, year. You don't know. The whole they, Mac is full of six-year players. They play. might say senior, but they could be a senior again next year. So why? Let's just play our team. Let's play everyone home and home. It's certainly. I, I, it's, I don't think it's as crazy as some people think. But I, 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 it's, it, I understand what the negatives are, especially from a network perspective. If, you play, if everybody plays each other, there's less inventory for the network. Well, I, well, but I, I don't know that that should be the governing factor. No, I, I think what they would also say is, well, okay, the selection committee might say there's not enough data, data to, yeah, to, to compare. To, to compare, and I'm saying. Yes, but I'm saying what they're comparing right now is killing us. <laughs> it can't be any worse. So let's take that out. Let's take that out. So, And I'm actually the other way, Luke. I think the network would like it because my thing is I think the network would rather see two ACC teams play than an yeah. ACC team and a and a team from a, from a non-Power 5 yeah, league. Yeah, from, from the Big South or whatever. They would just, yeah. The audience would – and you know what? It's better for ticket sale. And it's, listen – it's nothing against those other leagues, because if I was in those leagues, I'd be like, man, we need to play those guys. Right. But when you're in this league, how do we get more teams in? And that's just, to me, just say, well, win more than non-conference. I'm saying, let's come up with a solution. And to me, that's my solution. What's it going to be like in the next coaches meeting with no Roy and no K? And I mean, now you're... You're almost tenured in this league. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely feel more comfortable speaking my mind about the playing everyone twice. <laughs> I won't get the death stare from Coach K or Coach Williams, you know. So, um, um, but, uh, uh, but no, you know, it'll be interesting. You know, it's a transition. Obviously, John Shire is going to do a great job, and and um, um, you know, and you've got uh, and Coach Davis is obviously doing a great job, and but you know, you still got Coach Beheim. You know, Tony Bennett is going to be in the Hall of Fame eventually, as long as he keeps staying on the track that he's staying on. You know, you've we don't know who Louisville's going to hire yet. Um, so it's still a tremendous league. There's a lot of coaches, um, but it is a transition period. There's no time about. There's no denying that, and uh, it's an interesting time. You know, if you watch that documentary on the tournament on the ACC Network, which has been amazing, and it, and probably of any league in a, of any league that the. the the conference tournament in the ACC matters more to, to, to than any other league, just when you the, the prestige and history. But there is a, it is changing based on who's sitting on the sidelines. The brand names are going to remain the same, um, but but there's a new crop of coaches coming in, and it'll be interesting to see how things move forward. 
Awesome. I, I hope you enjoy the rest of your mini vacation here. <laughs> Don't past. say mini vacation. My wife will kill me if she hears that. I, well, I'm watching games. I'm watching games. As much as we need the listeners, we don't need your wife. <laughs> your, your wife doesn't have to listen to this. No. One. Well, I appreciate it, Luke, and, and looking forward to get back to, to next season. It'll, it'll be um, um, it'll be a real interesting deal, uh, not only for this remainder of this week, but also the NCAA tournament to see how our teams do compare. And I really do think. Duke and North Carolina have a real legit shot of going to the Final Four and winning a national championship. Um, maybe that you'll look back as hard as that loss was for Coach K and in that final game might end up being the best thing for him at another point, um, depending on where they finish. And I would not surprise me any Duke or Carolina to win the whole thing. I was. I should clarify. I was on board with. I said in January that I still thought UNC was the second best team in the league. I don't know that I'd say Final Four, but it would be amazing. If in this year where everyone's been ripping the ACC, yeah. if it accounted for half of the final well, four. Well, and, and my thing with Carolina is, you know, when their guards are playing at, at a level that they're playing at, I think Armando Baycott's stud. And here's the deal. Manic just changes their deal when he's making threes yeah. because it's hard to guard. And he's not a small guy. I mean, he's a legit 6'11", 6'10", 6'11". He's legit, and he, and he gets the shot off quick. If he's making threes... They are really, really tough to stop. And we saw, I mean, against Duke, you could see the full potential, yeah. really for the first time, of all those guys, Davis yeah. and Love and Manic, all on. Yeah. It was pretty impressive. It yeah. was. Well, and, and, and their guard play and everything else. And, you're, and, and Luke, you mentioned, they're not playing a lot of guys. I mean, it's about yeah. six, maybe it seven. five in the whole second five half. five in the whole second half. So if they can remain that way, you know, and, and, and they stay healthy, they're going to be really good. I think they're going to be a tough out in the tournament. Yeah, it's possible. Or... Yeah. With them, you just never know. So we'll see. Know, I can yeah. say that you can. Go, go ACC. I'm hoping that either Duke or North Carolina win the whole thing. Awesome. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Luke.